what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? We have a somewhat fun word and a timely word on today. I hope everyone had a beautiful Thanksgiving, probably different this year than any other year for sure, but I hope that you did really focus on quality time with those that are in your life, quality time with God, quality time with yourself, with those that you love, and making sure that they know how much you love them and how grateful for them you are. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about gratitude. So I'm going to set it up with a bit of a funny story. Growing up, there was a season where my dad was a single parent, and I feel like sometimes that was when I really noticed his quirks, just his personality and how much of a weirdo in his own right he is, because to some degree we're all weirdos, right? But his quirks and all the crazy things that would come out of him really came out in that season where he was a single parent, which was kind of fun and just refreshing, right? After you've been through anything hard, when you have a joyful, present parent and you can just see that, so, so powerful. So at any rate, some of the quirks, some of the things he would do, he would subliminally and not so subliminally post messages on a refrigerator that he wanted us to take note of. <laughs> uh, he would run around the house singing. He would wake us up in the morning singing Barney songs and flipping on our lights. He would just do uh, all sorts of random things. But one of the things that he would do, particularly with my younger sister, because she is, and at this time, was very, she's the the youngest, right? So she's the probably most confident at the time, outspoken, the most willing to challenge, right, (laughs) the way things are. And the one that would just be clear on where she's at and what she's feeling and and how she wants things to be handled right in the moment. So she (laughs) became very aware of a phrase, do you need an attitude adjustment? And all it took was my dad to raise up a hand like she was going to get spanked, right? And say, do you need an attitude adjustment for her to start screaming and run away, right? (laughs) So I just think that's so funny. So we always would hear these phrases, attitude of gratitude, make good decisions, don't do anything I wouldn't do, which for my dad is basically everything. There's a lot of things that he would not do. (laughs) So just basically learning to, to walk in the world and be conscious of your actions. But I just always thought that this attitude adjustment was hilarious because that's all it took. It just took the question, do you need an attitude adjustment for that to really hit home? I don't think he ever really had to spank her, but it was just funny in action to watch this play out. So we're not going to talk about 
an attitude adjustment per se, not in that way, but we are going to talk about a gratitude adjustment on today. And and this is really important because I think the way that gratitude or joy or even the fruit of the spirit sometimes are thrown around in the world, we, we don't really get the depth a lot of the time. And we don't always see people walking this out well, right? And it's it's really challenging to do because, for example, when you are praising God and giving thanks, a lot of times that's out ahead of any manifestation or actualization of what it is that you want. It's just you're so grateful for who God is and his faithfulness and what he's done, right? That, that you don't need an outcome in order to be joyful. And a lot of times in moments of of discouragement or sadness or frustration, when you choose joy, it's a choice. And that's not the easiest choice, right? It's not the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> so it there's a lot of courage. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot to gratitude that we're going to go into today. So the verse that I have to bring context or some spirit-filled real talk to this is Matthew 14, 18 through 21. So this is what it says. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So you've probably heard this verse many times throughout different teachings and sermons. But I think what I most want to highlight about this on today is that this is evidence of walking like and with Jesus. It's not just seen in transformation, but it's also seen not just in transformation of ethics, right? But it's also seen in transformation of our emotions. A lot of the fruit of the Spirit deals with our emotions, and I don't often hear that spoken of. But evidence of walking with or like Jesus is not just seen in the transformation of our ethics, right? But of our emotions, our attitudes, (laughs) right? So walking with Jesus in in all aspects helps us get right but not only right well or whole so that we can enjoy this lightness of being or the fullness of the goodness that he provides right so john 10 10 is another one that you've probably heard but this is the fullness that i'm talking about okay so it says the thief right? The adversary comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Often any good and perfect gift that we've been given, our joy, our peace, right? I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, right? So that tells me, okay, I need to be aware when things in my life feel like the adversary's influence is involved. But I also need to be intentional about choosing the life that God in John 10.10 is promising, this abundant to the full overflowing life, okay? So this life (laughs) is not about just getting right, but being well, all right? 
And he's referring here in John 10, 10 to the quality of our life, not just our time, right? Because if we have a whole lot of time and the quality of our life is poor, that time feels miserable, right? But if we have really quality of life, it it doesn't matter the amount of time. It's almost timeless, right? So this is called Zoe life. So Z-O-E. And it's life is God intended. God intended this full, abundant life, right? And we can have that, but it's something that we choose. And emotional well-being is the largest contributor to the, the ind- or it's, I guess the largest contributor, but also one of the biggest indicators that we are walking with God right? Because we want the condition of our heart to be healthy, not just our bank account, right? This emotional well-being is the biggest contributor to our quality of life, okay? So Solomon, one of my faves, talks about guarding our heart, right? The man with all the wisdom, right, says guard your heart because out of that, come the issues of life, right? So if something gets into your heart, it gets your life, okay? So it is so, so important not to walk around super cautious and protective and almost like with a guard up, but to be aware, to be super aware of what it is that you're actually allowing into your heart, okay? So joy here is a heart condition. It's a dominant disposition of a believer who is applying the principles of the kingdom and practicing them in their life, okay? John 15, 11 talks about this. I have told you this so that your joy, or I, I'm sorry, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. What I love about this is this word is distinguishing the difference between our joy and God's joy. Okay, our joy is more temporal. It's more of the moment. But God's joy is spiritual, right? So much deeper than that. Okay, and we only get this kind of joy with with Jesus, not with religion. All right. And what happens is our, our, our heart starts to experience something that can't be explained. It can't be defined by reason or you know, rational and logical thinking. It's this joy unspeakable. That's what the word calls it. How awesome is that? Joy unspeakable. We're just overwhelmed by joy. How powerful is that? Okay. So joy in a practical sense sounds like praise. When we release it, we literally confuse the adversary, right? Like how When I sent this to kill, steal, or destroy something in your life, are you joyful? How are you actually praising God right now? It confuses the adversary. And it's a practical outcome, again, of those whose lives are are governed by Jesus, by the king's kingdom, right? It's a practical outcome of applying the fruit of the spirit, of applying the principles of God to our lives, of of living a life that is governed by Jesus, okay? And the longevity of the joy, right? Because we can see some people that are happy and joyful for a second, but the longevity of the joy is evidence to its authenticity. If it just comes and goes, we're probably 
creating that, right? That's our joy. But the authenticity of the joy, actually having God's joy, this joy unspeakable, it's in its longevity, okay? So joy is the emotional outcome of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's an indication of the transformation of our soul, okay? And our soul here is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So when we have this joy, we think differently. When we have this joy, we communicate differently, right? When we have this joy, our heart is in a different state or in a different position as we walk through life. It is really, really powerful. It's not some cute, fluffy word that we just throw around, right? And that's why Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Like we literally cannot live without this kind of joy. Our life gets really overwhelming without it, okay? Now, (laughs) what I am holding up on today is that you may be holy, but are you happy? This is a deep word. You may be holy, but are you happy? Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now check this out. That means that one third of the kingdom is made up of joy. Don't you think that God thinks that joy is important? (laughs) And if God made that a third of the kingdom, we should probably put more of our time in that, right? Spend more of our time invested in that. Just saying. And joy to give you a definition that you can apply or put your hands on here, joy is a sense of jubilation based on a revelation that my well-being rests securely in the hands of a God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. Glory, right? I'll say it again. Just let this hit your spirit. Joy is a sense of jubilation based on a revelation that my well-being, everything that matters to me, right, rests securely, not insecurely, insecurely, securely in the hands of a God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. My God works all things for good, right? So (laughs) this is also letting me know that joy is a choice and we really can't look like Jesus if we don't look like Jesus. Right? If we're not looking at things the way Jesus does, we also can't look like him in the world. Do you get that? Super powerful. So the amount of joy we experience is the amount we choose to experience, right? And and we really choose joy by choosing the one who produces it, okay? So I can't, and I learned this actually in yoga practice before I was saved, I thought that I could manufacture my joy and my peace and my happiness. I thought, oh, well, I must be bad at this or I need to get better at that in order to have peace in my life. And that was still based on what I could do. Okay. Not on who I was choosing or the joy I was choosing to receive. Okay. So the amount we experience is the amount we choose joy by choosing the one who produces it. I didn't really get joy, not the lasting joy. I mean, I felt better when practicing what peace feels like experientially, but it still wasn't God's perfect peace, 
<laughs> right? I could feel better when I would practicing what I would consciously think of and be intentional about things that make me feel a sense of joy. But again, that still wasn't lasting. And that's what I was after. I was after this longevity of joy. And so I was in many ways, not focusing and choosing the one who produces it. I was just focusing and choosing what I could produce. Huge difference. Okay. So choosing joy is choosing to live with gratitude. And I know that having an attitude of gratitude does not always feel fun. And we can sometimes get really annoyed (laughs) when people ask us if we need an attitude adjustment, right? I had these friends. Oh gosh, this was so funny. They, they have been together for a long time, uh, new, new parents and the way they communicate with each other when they know that they have a short fuse, they would ask one another if they need a Jesus timeout. And I like just thought that that was hysterical because I thought, well, if somebody comes to me and asks me if I need a Jesus timeout, one, I'm going to be frustrated because you're calling me out. And two, that's just annoying when you, you kind of want to be indulging in your frustration for a second, right? So when somebody calls you out and, and you know exactly where you need to go to, you can't argue with them because you know it's true, but you're also like, Mer, you know? So I thought that was really, really funny. But <laughs> to that point, nobody likes being called out, you know? Having to recognize that they need an attitude adjustment, that they need a Jesus timeout, but gratitude choosing to live with gratitude is choosing joy. And that's how we can continue to keep that joy full in our lives by choosing it, particularly when we would indulge in or choose something less than, okay? So we have an emotional state, right? That can look like God, right? If we put it in his hands. When our emotions are not surrendered, right? We've seen that movie before. We can see where our emotions go. If we choose to ride the wave of anger, if we choose to ride the wave of anxiety, if we choose to ride the wave of fear, we don't often end up in joy, right? We just produce more of those results and outcomes in our lives. And that's not fullness, right? So the other thing is, is that Jesus expects joy, And he's an example of it. That's what this verse is telling us, the Matthew 14, 18 through 21. So it's also clear here that he doesn't just compartmentalize his life. He doesn't just choose when he's going to be joyful. He he is it in every aspect of his life, right? And if God gives us an instruction, it's because he's already made provision. So for example... In Matthew 14, 19, we're just going to go back there real quick. So in Matthew 14, 19, it says, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. So if he's telling the people to do something when they already don't think there's any provision at all, that means that he's already made provision available. Before he even multiplied it, he's telling everyone to sit down, right? So they have no clue what's going to happen here. But Jesus is modeling the way. Jesus expects joy. He expects provision. And he's also an example of it, okay? And he makes himself available for that in the moments that it it needs to be demonstrated, 
All right. So what in this scenario, what people often complain about Jesus here is making a choice to be grateful for. So for example, only having these five loaves and two fish for 5,000 men besides women and children, everybody could be looking at that and complaining about that and saying there's not enough. How, how is this ever going to work? Right. But what people often complain about, Jesus made a choice to be grateful for in advance of the manifestation. Okay. So that tells us that we can go from upset and entitled to grateful and appreciative, just like Jesus. We got to choose that. We need to look like Jesus. We need to act like Jesus in order to represent him in the world. It doesn't just happen automatically. Okay. We can go from looking down and making excuses and being frustrated to looking up towards God and being full and fulfilled, right? So that is a powerful word. We often need gratitude adjustments, attitude adjustments, Jesus times out, timeouts, right? And it's probably wise to intentionally practice these right? Set reminders on your phone, schedule them into your day, whatever you got to do. But to practice that, because what you think about, what you focus on, that grows greater in your life. So what do you want to get better at? I'm just saying, again, if joy is a third of the kingdom, that makes it a priority, in my opinion. But let me give you some basic things here (laughs) before we jump off for today. I'm just going to give you five things that having a gratitude adjustment will produce in your life just to help give you that extra oomph before you're you're choosing, okay? So number one, gratitude actually improves our evangelism. It improves our witness. It, It ensures that we're actually looking like Jesus because we're applying our life to being governed by Jesus, right? So if we're applying and practicing the principles of the kingdom, Inevitably, that's going to show up in our life as the fruit of the spirit, as transformation in our ethics, but also in our emotions. So it actually improves our relationships, our witness, our evangelism. That's number one. Number two, gratitude also opens up our imagination. So I don't know about you, but when I'm worried, when I'm anxious, when I'm freaked out, creativity does not flow. (laughs) Solutions do not flow. I am just agitated and annoying, right? But gratitude actually opens up our imagination. So in this example with the loaves and the fish, right? I can just multiply this and I can see how I can do that, right? So we can see how we can use what we've been given for creative solutions, all right? In a way that otherwise we definitely would not come up with. Gratitude, number three, insulates us from unnecessary anxiety, I often talk about anxiety as future tripping (laughs) or as visualizing the future without God in it, both produce anxiety because you recognize that the future is unknown and in your own strength, there's no way, right? Or you recognize there are some impossibilities in your life and without God, they remain impossible. (laughs) But with God, there's nothing that's impossible, right? So gratitude insulates us from unnecessary anxiety. A lot of times we worry about things that never happen, right? We spend so much time consuming our minds with worry that we could be filling our mind with the kingdom and producing way different results in our lives. 
Number four, gratitude increases our opportunities. It really does because we become a magnet. We become a magnet for opportunities, right? So when you think about, let's just think about if you were an employer and who you'd want to hire. Would you want to hire the person that is unreliable, that has a bad attitude, that doesn't show up on time, that doesn't seem to have any ethics, right? Or (laughs) would you want to hire the person that is solution focused, that is creative, that has a joyful spirit, that is intentional, that is reliable, right? Who would you hire? So gratitude actually increases our opportunities. It increases our awareness of opportunities, God opportunities, and it helps us be to be available to those as they happen. And then lastly, gratitude attracts increase, right? He who is faithful with little is given much, right? The more we can be good stewards of what is in our hand, the more we can be grateful for what we have, the more we can be grateful with more, right? If we can't even be grateful for what we have, how could we ever handle more? It doesn't make sense, right? Because your attitude doesn't just change when the more comes. It just exposes more of what your attitude is. I don't know if you've heard that, right? But money (laughs) doesn't change who you are. It just exposes your character and who you already are, okay? So it's super important to get the lessons or to build the character or to prepare before the blessing so that it doesn't crush you or expose these these parts of you that you would rather deal with behind the scenes just with God, right? Like some, some public exposure is not always fun, okay? So a reminder Today is a reminder that gratitude is the attitude, not just of the season, but of life. Again, it's the third of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy, and joy. So my encouragement for you on today is to do a scan (laughs) just of you, how you've been showing up, how you have been thinking about different things that are in your life, different people that are in your life, and just do a scan. Do you need a gratitude adjustment? On a scale of one to 10, scaling is really helpful, just having some way to measure. On a scale of one to 10, think about yourself in these different life areas. So you can think about yourself in general. How how many hours of the day are you actually conscious of being grateful? Is it only 15 minutes? Do you think 15 minutes of joy can sustain you? Right? An example. So with yourself, in your relationships, how much gratitude on a scale of 1 to 10 do you have for your relationships? If you're only looking at what's not working and what's not going well, that's not gratitude. Do you think that your relationship can survive on that without oxygen? Just a thought, right? With your work and the work of your hands. Are you grateful for that? Or is that an obligation and something that you should do? Right? How often are you speaking and and praising and giving thanks for the work of your hands? Think about that, right? So you get the idea, your health. How often are you giving thanks and being joyful for your health? And remember, the longevity of joy is evidence of the authenticity of it. So if it's just short-lived, you might not have God's joy, this joy that is unspeakable, right? Because there is a difference, as we've mentioned here. There's our joy, 
but there's also God's joy. And it's really important to recognize the source of your joy because how do you get it? We choose it by choosing the one consciously, intentionally seeking the kingdom first, choosing the one who produces that kind of joy. All right. So I hope this message blessed you guys. I hope it's a great reminder of a priority of keeping the main thing, the main thing. (laughs) And if you haven't, make sure that you subscribe to this channel. You can also copy this link and share this message with a friend. Give them a subtle or not so subtle reminder of what to be focusing on right now. They can, you know, you can put it on me. <laughs> and then you can also visit julianapage.com. I have a self-mastery course over there, coaching programs, some books and other great resources to really help you live a spirit-led life and one that is this John 10:10 life. All right, that's all I've got for you on today, but until next time, guys, stay blessed.